knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey, podcast listeners. Aust here. I have an update that I wanted to tell you about, and then we'll dive into what is a new show. And that's the update that I want to tell you about. Over on the YouTube channel, we started a new segment. We're doing a daily video right now, and a daily video when you're doing a vlog showing your homestead life, it is a lot of work, and I felt like I needed a little bit of a coffee break. Dad always used to take coffee breaks at work. It was a good chance to just stop, collect yourself, enjoy a few minutes with the guys before you got back into the hard work that was construction. So every Saturday morning, I'm doing a coffee break from our daily vlog, which is just documenting life on the homestead in video, which if you are not watching, you should at least check in from time to time. There's a lot going on in the YouTube channel uh, that you're unfortunately not able to see here on the podcast. Now that said, the coffee break is just Saturday morning. I sit down with a cup of coffee. Okay, so actually I sit down Friday morning and record it, but... I can't sit down and record it on Saturday morning and then release it to you on Saturday morning. So you get the idea. I sit down on Friday, I have a cup of coffee, and then Saturday morning you can sit down with me and enjoy what is a conversation just about current events, homesteading, and how it all works together. So it's kind of informal. I don't do a whole lot of research for this show. Uh, It's not a highly edited interview like I normally do. Instead, it's just a conversation, me, you, a cup of coffee, just like we might have if we were not social distancing ourselves right now uh, and we were down at the coffee shop. So what you're going to hear right now is actually three coffee breaks combined into one. Because you've missed out on the last three of them, I decided they're all kind of on the same topic, which is this coronavirus, not being scared and being prepared at the same time. So you're gonna enjoy listening to all three. This is three weeks in a row, three Friday morning coffees of me sitting down and just sharing my thoughts on this virus. And it will be interesting if you listen to them all in a row to see how 
what seemed really, really scary on day one now seems a little bit less scary by, you know, three weeks in. Uh, But still the message is the same, which is when scary things happen, it's better if we're prepared. No matter what happens, it's always better if we're prepared. So let's take some time to kind of collect our thoughts and then put our fear into action through actual good preparedness. And I hope you enjoy this coffee break. It's like I said, it's three in a row. I may start releasing the coffee breaks as their own little mini podcast. Monday, you're getting the full podcast, but maybe, you know, every Friday or something, I'll release the coffee break so you can enjoy it. Listening to it on your way into work or whenever you listen to the podcast right now, if you listen to it while you're at home drinking your coffee, social distancing yourself from everybody. Hope you enjoy it. Here's three weeks of coffee breaks right in a row. And then at that point, the next one you hear will probably be just one individual episode. So who is scared about coronavirus? Show of hands in the comments below. I want to talk about why I don't think you should be that afraid of it. And I want to talk about what you should do about it. But before we dive in, I want to introduce what is a new segment on the show. Hmm. I'm calling this, I don't know what I'm calling it yet. It's either going to be coffee break or camel coffee. (laughs) Uh, Come up with the name below. My old man taught me the the power and the importance of coffee breaks. We always had a coffee break at work. Always a good time to just take a pause so you don't get burned out. Have a coffee. Yeah, that's what this is going to be. It's During a daily video, it's easy to kind of go crazy, working, 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 working. And uh, Saturday morning, I think I'm just going to release a coffee chat. And what this is, is it's a just a, like you and me having coffee together. There's stuff going on. I didn't prepare any facts. This isn't research. This isn't Ask Home Study where I do a bunch of research and answer. This is just you and me having a coffee and we're chatting about something that's on my mind. And you get a little glimpse into the world of Austin over coffee. And today I wanted to talk about the coronavirus because there is a bunch of hype going on right now about this virus. And there are some legitimate concerns in my opinion. And then there are a lot of people just kind of going crazy. And I think the media is a big part of the problem. I think people are using this I make money when you watch my videos, right? So if I can get 10,000 people to watch a video and that'll make me some money, if I can get 20,000 people to watch a video, that will make me more money. And if I can get 20,000 people to watch two videos, that'll make me even more money. And let's face it, if you see a video that says coronavirus spreading, that piques your interest and you're gonna click on it, you're gonna watch it. And so the media, They make money the same way, views. So the more and more they talk about this, they're on 24-7, 24 hours a day. They're talking about coronavirus. They're making money. Uh, They got airtime to fill. What else are they gonna talk about with a 24-7 broadcast? So they got everybody kind of worked up into a lather, kind of a fever pitch. And it's a scary thing, Some, some weird new disease that's out there, kind of creepy, 
But let's take a like a minute just to think about the actual numbers, right? So here in the United States, since they've started tracking this, since they've been looking into this, there's been almost 100 people have died from coronavirus, and that's really sad. Anytime one person dies, it's a sad thing. So I don't want to like make it sound like that's not a big deal. But every single day, almost 100 people die in car accidents in the United States. One day, almost 100 people. So the amount of people that have died from the coronavirus in the couple months that we've been tracking these numbers happens every day. Are you going to get in a car today and drive? Are you super afraid of getting in that car to drive? Are you like not sure you should get in the car and, and drive? Are you not just buckling your seatbelt, but maybe putting a helmet on, a five-point harness, driver gloves so that you're super protected? Are you going online to order like a harness so that your neck doesn't get whiplash if you get in a fender bender? Like People are getting kind of crazy about this coronavirus and buying a bunch of face masks and buying out all the hand sanitizer. And yet they're more likely going to die getting in a car accident, driving to Walmart to pick up the stuff that they're getting, than they are going to die from the coronavirus. If you look at what's who it hits the hardest, it's older, sicker people. So that might be you. You might be older and sicker. And if that's you, then you should be concerned and, and act with insight knowing that. But for a lot of people, if you're not older, if you're not sicker, children, it's hardly affected at all. So while it is kind of, like I said, it's a creepy thing, it's a scary thing, any new virus popping up, uh, a new strain is something unsettling, uh, I don't think we need to be as scared as the media is kind of letting on. Camel milk and golden powder. It's not even a coffee. Does the trick right now. It's, it's working. So I don't think everybody should be running around super afraid of the coronavirus. I don't think we're all going to die from the coronavirus. But I also am a big believer in being prepared. The whole idea behind homesteady, the word homesteady. Uh, I take two words, home, where you live, and steady. If you look at the word homestead, it's made up of those two, kind of those two words, home and then the word stead. And stead gives this idea of steady, sturdy, uh, something you can rely on, right? So homesteady is all about turning your home, where you live, into a place of steadiness or sturdiness, a place that you can feel safe, a place that you have the things that you need and you don't have to worry so much. There's plenty of worries when you have a wife and kids, you're going to worry. Uh, even if you're just single, you're going to worry about stuff. The, the worries are not going to go away. But if you can turn your homestead into a place where you worry less and you feel more steady, that's the whole idea behind what I started Homesteady for. And so while we're not super scared of us getting the coronavirus, or I should call it the COVID-19, because there's lots of coronaviruses. This is just a strain of the coronavirus. This is a newer strain that they've discovered or found. Um, 
well, I'm not super afraid we're all going to get it. I also don't want to have unnecessary worry at night. And so we like to be prepared. We like to take steps to be prepared so that should something weird start to happen or should this thing blow up, uh, we feel less worry here at our home. And so I was thinking, first thing to chat about this morning over coffee was just don't be don't be worked over by the media. Don't be panicking. I don't think I don't think there's any big reason to panic here. I, it's more likely we're gonna get hit by a car than it is we're gonna drop dead from the coronavirus. But we can also take this feeling of fear and uneasiness if we have that, and and channel it. And we're doing that here at our homestead. For a long, long time, I have wanted to start a deep pantry. Uh, a deep pantry is just basically you are setting up a mini supermarket in your in your home. Uh, you buy the supplies that are shelf stable that your family actually consumes, and you buy the newest one and you put it to the back, and then you buy a newer one and you put it to the back. And what you're doing each week for a couple weeks, instead of buying just one can of beans, you double it, and so you put the newer ones to the back, and if your family goes through one can of beans each week, but you buy two, you're building up a supply, and every new one you buy, you put to the back, and you keep shuffling it forward, just like the supermarket does. At the end of a couple weeks or a month, you'll have food storage for you and your family. If you're buying twice as much as you need in a week, at the end of a month, you will have a month's worth of food storage, because you'll be consuming the the one that you buy but if you double it you'll have a whole month and at the end of two months of doing a deep pantry you'll have two months of emergency food so i've been wanting to do this for a long time and uh so we're channeling our huh look at that coronavirus you know no real reason to be crazy or go running out and buying all the hand sanitizer that's in walmart and buying a bunch of uh, freeze-dried food and uh, apocalypse beans and rice but we are starting our deep pantry. We're doing double down on our groceries and you'll see in upcoming videos as we start setting up our deep pantry. Our goal is eventually to have, my goal is eventually to have like six months worth of food so that if we had to shut the door and not go out for six months, we'd have all the food we need. And when you're storing food that is what your family already is eating, you're not going and storing MREs or, you know, giant tubs of rice and beans that you're not going to use. Uh, the nice thing about that is you're not quote unquote wasting money if nothing goes wrong. So if nothing, if the coronavirus blows over and we never get it and never shows up in Pennsylvania and there's nothing to worry about and I have a bunch of MREs sitting in my, you know, bunker somewhere, that could be viewed as wasted money. But if we just stock our pantry as a deep pantry, we'll eat all that food. All the money we spend on that will be used. And that's kind of uh, that's the way we're looking at this right now. It's a little scary. It's not as scary as the news and the media is making it out to be. Uh, those pictures on the Weather Channel app, when you open the Weather Channel app and you see the map and it's all these red bullseyes, coronavirus spreading. You know, could it be worse? Could it get worse? It could. But I don't think we should all be panicked, personally. It's just my opinion. And, uh, you know, time will tell if it gets a lot worse or not. I think the disease will continue to spread. It's obviously continuing to spread. But 
by the time summer's here, it's a cold and it's a flu virus. So by the time summer's here, the flu stops spreading because it's not good. Uh, the flu doesn't do well in summer environment, at least not here in the United States. And so uh, eventually it'll die off. I guess my takeaway is instead of working yourself into a panic and buying a bunch of you know gas masks and MREs, maybe channel that energy into creating more self-sufficiency and self-reliance. So in the form of a deep pantry, that's self-reliance. And in the form of homesteading, that's more self-sufficiency. And uh, if you can't, you know, if it turns out that it gets really bad and you need to take a month and just kind of bug in for a month, here at our homestead, we can bug in for a month. We can sit here and eat rabbit and drink camel milk and eat our food out of our deep pantry and it'll be okay. What do you think? Homestead coffee? Coffee break? We're just having a discussion over coffee. What's on my mind? Um, you know, comments below. Talk, talk to me like you're having a coffee with me. Did I research all this? Are there tons of resources in the links below? No, we're just having a coffee talk. This is just things I'm thinking. I hold the, uh, the right to be wrong if I've misquoted something. This is just my opinion. It's an opinion piece here on Homesteady. Saturday morning. I want to try to start doing this just to break up the 100 days of videos that we're doing. Have regular vlogs take a lot, a lot of work. But the weekends, I like to lessen the workload a little bit so that I could spend more time with my kids and my wife and uh, don't go crazy. Having a coffee break is a good thing to keep you from burning out, as I always learned from my dad. And so I'm going to try doing this if you like it. Let me know in the comments below. And now it is time to share the Homesteady Camel Train sponsor for this episode. The sponsor for this episode is Ruth and Ray. So as you know, we're doing 100 videos, a video a day, and the story we're telling, it's the Homesteady Camel Train. It's a train of us all going towards growing our own food for the good health of our family. And each 100 videos will have one sponsor. Today's sponsor is Ruth and Ray. They joined the camel train. Let me tell you a little bit about them. Ruth and Ray Barrett run a five acre organic farm. They're in Southwest Virginia, so they're not too far from us. We could go and visit Ruth and Ray. They have chickens, goats, pigs, and a large garden. That is a great mix. Chickens, goats, pigs. That's like, that's what we had back in Connecticut. They raise meat birds, they process their own deer, and they enjoy the benefits of knowing where their meat comes from. That is a good feeling, especially when things are getting a little crazy and you're seeing supermarket store shelves kind of being wiped clean because everybody's worried about some new virus. It's nice to know you can put meat on the table. We do like that feeling here at our homestead. They built their home in 1995. They've been homesteading there since 2016. Check them out on Facebook, The Lovebird Homestead. So we'll have a link in the description below so you can see what they're up to. And if you're looking to buy some uh, farm fresh meat, maybe you can contact them if you're looking in Southwest Virginia. Thank you so much, Ruth and Ray, for sponsoring this episode of Homesteady's Camel Train. If you would like to join the Camel Train, uh, tickets are going fast. Like two thirds of the Camel Train is sold. So if you want to sponsor one of the episodes, click right there. You get lifetime access to the Homesteady Pioneer program. You get this one of a kind camel train t-shirt with your own little camel on the back highlighted in gold, depending on when you join the train. And you get a shout out here on the show. Let people know what you're doing on social media, what you're doing on your farm, 
Uh, if you got a YouTube channel, whatever you want to plug, you go ahead and uh, go ahead and check out Ruth and Ray. They brought you this episode. I hope you like Homesteady Coffee Break. Let me know if you do. We'll keep doing it if you like it. And if everybody hates it, well, then we probably won't do it. <laughs> but I'll still be taking coffee breaks because I love coffee breaks, even if it's not real coffee, even if it's just camel golden milk. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com mm, Good morning. I think it's time for a coffee break. This is the home study coffee break. Before we dive in, this is our informal, just conversation once a week we have, Saturday mornings. You, me, grab a cup of something. Uh, we're going to talk about current events, what we're thinking. This is an opinion piece. I haven't done a bunch of research. I'm just having a conversation with you about current events. And unfortunately, we all know the one current event that everybody is talking about right now. It's like I can't not talk about coronavirus again. So let's talk about the scary elephant in the room again this week. The idea behind Coffee Break was uh, if we were in a... If I walked into the deli on Saturday morning and I ordered a bacon, egg, and cheese and I got a coffee... You're sitting there, I'm sitting here, we're just chatting. That's the idea of Coffee Break. So everybody is talking about coronavirus. I've noticed that this week. Every single person I interact with, you cannot talk to somebody and the coronavirus not come up if your conversation is longer than like ordering food at a fast food window. Everybody's talking about it. And with good reason. It is a weird thing. It is a scary thing. I talked about it last week. Some people misunderstood me, so I'm gonna make sure, as you watch this video, really listen to what I'm saying. Don't put words in my mouth. Um, some people thought last week I was dismissing it when we talked about it, and I said, don't panic, we're not all gonna die. I still don't think we're all gonna die. I still don't think you should be panicking about a coronavirus or uh, that nothing's changed. But this does have a lot of legitimate concerns about this virus, there's a lot of legitimate worry. I myself am not concerned that I'm going to get the coronavirus and it's going to kill me. If you look at the statistics, don't, don't, when you're reading newspaper articles or watching videos or listening to the news, look for the numbers, look for the statistics. When you actually look hard at those, there's a very low chance that a healthy, younger, or even a healthy middle-aged person is going to be really negatively affected by this. But that doesn't mean there aren't people who, I mean, obviously there's people who have died and there will be more people who have died because of this. And we care about those people. I can think right off the top of my head, uh, three people in my life who are older, who have respiratory issues, and I am legitimately concerned for their well-being. So I don't want to come across like, come on, we don't have to worry about this. There's a difference between not panicking and not being concerned. And I think some people last week thought I was saying I wasn't concerned about this. 
Definitely not the case. There's definitely concern. Uh, but I think a lot of us are every day putting ourselves into panic mode, even if it's just like a low-grade mental panic, and I think we need to avoid that. It's not healthy to be scared all the time. Fear can be a good thing. Fear can be a life-saving thing. When you get to the edge of a cliff, fear keeps you from getting too close and falling over that edge. So some fear is okay, and to be afraid of a strange new virus and have that fear motivate you to take some necessary or even some may feel unnecessary precautions, but that will help keep you and your family safe, that, that's a good thing. But panic and constant fear, a state of constant fear, isn't good for anybody. It isn't good for anything. And I still feel that way this week about this. I think too many people are too scared too much. I mentioned last week that you're more likely to die in a car accident driving to go buy all the toilet paper at Walmart than you are to die of coronavirus. And if you look at the numbers, that is still very true. In the United States, 100 people about every day die in car accidents. The amount of people who have died from the coronavirus Every day, there's a much bigger chance you're going to die in a car accident. Driving around worried that you're going to get into an accident, arguably that would be more dangerous than driving around confident and paying attention. Uh, if you're constantly driving around worried you're going to get in a car accident, you probably are going to scare yourself into getting into a car accident. Worry doesn't prevent you from bad things happening. If 364 days out of the year, you are worried while you're driving that you're going to get in an accident and you don't, and then 365 days you do, being worried didn't prevent it and being worried didn't stop it and being worried didn't help you at all. So we have to try to reduce that, that worry, reduce that state of panic. And that's what I, I, this means a lot to me because I am a person who is prone to be a worrier. I have, I'm more likely to have, I would say, irrational worries than K. And this is in most things in life when it comes to our homestead and our farm, our animals. I'm the one who worries is that animal going to die much before K ever does? Uh, when it comes to sicknesses and things that are wrong with me, we always joke that I'm the one who's the hypochondriac in the family. I always think there's something wrong with me. So I totally understand panic and worry. And there was a period of time in my life where I was undergoing panic attacks. And long story short, it was as a result of Lyme disease. After I got treated for Lyme disease, the panic attacks went away. But you want to talk about like panic and worry, uh, your heart racing, thinking that you're about to like have a heart attack. That's an extreme state of worry, and I know it's not good to be in that extreme state of worry without a valid reason, and it's not good to be in that extreme state of worry a lot of the time. If there is a lion loose in your house, you should be very worried. You should be in an extreme state of worry. But the coronavirus is not a lion loose in your house. This virus, for one, let's look at first... One thing that always comforts me is actually looking at the facts. So look at the facts right now, what we actually know, not the things that people are 
projecting or guessing or how they feel about something, but look at the numbers, look at the facts. If you're going to check the news and watch the news and listen to the news, try to look for more factual reports. By and large, the people who need to be actually concerned about their health with coronavirus are people who are advanced in age and who are sickly. Those people have to be concerned about their health a lot more anyway. If you are 80 years old and you have respiratory issues, you are going to be much more concerned about your health and well-being every day. So while this has added a new element and a new concern, um, it hasn't changed the fact that when you're 80 and you have respiratory issues, you're more likely to be sickly and that sickness is more likely to lead to death. Coronavirus, same thing. If you're younger, if you're healthier, you have much, much less worries for yourself, for your children. The concern, like my concern, is probably mostly for your loved ones who are older and maybe have health issues. And that's a legitimate concern. Like, that's a concern that I have. So have that concern, but don't be in a, again, there's not a lion loose in your, most of us don't have a lion loose in our house. And if you are 80 or 60 or 40 and you have health issues, health problems, if you're 20 and you have health problems, you still don't have to let the lion loose in your house. There are steps you can take to keep the coronavirus from ever getting into your home. You know, nothing is perfect, nothing is sure, but if you don't go out into public, you are much less likely to get this virus. Again, look at the facts. Look at where you're most likely, do the research. Where are you most likely to contract this virus? From exposure to people who have it in close quarters. So stay away from people. We've been trying to encourage our family members who are older, who have health issues, don't go out. Minimize your interaction with other people. And although we're not worried about ourselves getting it and it, you know, bring us to the point of death. Uh, we don't want any virus. We don't want the flu. Remember, a lot more people have died from the flu this year than coronavirus. I don't want to get the flu. All winter long, I have not been shaking hands with anybody. People go, hey, how you doing? I go fist bump. I go elbow. Protect yourself. Allow that worry and that concern to have you do logical, reasonable things that will protect yourself and protect your family. Stop touching, shaking hands and high-fiving and give some space and don't be around a bunch of other people. You know, Amazon Prime delivers a whole lot of stuff. You can get a lot of food through Prime. Uh, Walmart, we've been using Walmart pickup. You don't have to go in the store. Sure, you're still going to be exposed to people who pack those boxes. You know, people touch the boxes and now they're in your car. But it's less. Every day we live with risk. It's all about mitigating risk and having less of it. Every day you get in your car, you have a chance of getting a car accident. So you buckle your seatbelt to mitigate that risk. And I feel like that is how we have to handle this situation is we have to mitigate our risk as best as possible and just not live in a constant state of fear. So I think to stop being so scared, shut the news off. Somebody said my opinions in my last video were uh, Fox News opinions. I don't watch Fox News. I don't watch any news. I don't listen to the news. The news, 
If you want to know what's happening with the virus, you can learn every morning in five minutes. You can open up your phone, find out the latest statistics, find out where the disease has spread, check your state. I, that's what I do every morning. I check, okay, let's see what's going on in Pennsylvania. There's how many cases, where are they? Okay, I'm not traveling out of Pennsylvania. I'm not interacting with people who've traveled out of Pennsylvania. I now know what my risk is, five minutes. I don't need to watch the morning news and hear this horror stories and see video of hospitals in Italy that are shutting down. How does that affect me? What can I do about what's happening in Italy right now? How can I help? How can, how can that help me? Knowing that just makes me more scared. Knowing that just gives me more panic and worry. If I just stay in my house and don't go to Italy right now, I'll be okay. So sh shut that news off. You know, check the things you have to check, you know, be informed and then shut it off. Don't be listening to it on the radio. That's all they're going to be talking about. This is happening and this late breaking news and, and they're creating media. So it has to be engaging. It has to captivate you. So the more scary they can make a story sound, most of the reports you're going to hear are going to do that because they want you to keep paying attention because that's how they make a living. If you pay attention, that's how they get their message across. That's how they make money. That's how they do everything. It's the same for me. I, I run a channel. Your attention earns me a living. But I prefer that attention. I, I want to help people have a better life, a more sustainable you know, home study. It's about making your home a place where you feel calm and comfortable through the work and the production off your home, your homestead. And I think there's a huge factor there that uh, can make us all feel better in this. So step one to not being scared is just turn off the news. Check it in the morning if you want to, if you must. You know, update yourself, check your loved ones, and then stop listening to the news because they're just scaring. I read an article yesterday. I got angry after I read it because it had so little facts, but it had so many scary sentences about bad things that were happening, and it just made me feel worried. And then I think the next thing that you have to do if you don't want to be scared, if you don't want to be in a constant state of worry or panic, is... Focus on something that's going to make you feel better. I'm a big believer in homestead life, in producing your own food from your home, for your family. It, it makes you feel good. It distracts you from the craziness around. If you listen to my podcast, the introduction of the podcast, we don't really play it much anymore. But it used to be, the world is a crazy place. But you and I, we can make it a little bit better. We can lead a more sustainable life and we can do it together through homesteading. Uh, that was the whole point of the podcast is the world is crazy. So forget about the world craziness. If you can't actually help some, you can't help somebody in Italy by watching the news. You're not helping them. So, so shut the news off and help the people you can help by being productive at your home. Are you not homesteading yet? Start. Start in a small way. You don't want to worry about uh, coronavirus all day today. Start planning on getting your first chickens. Start doing some research about what chickens you should have. Chick days are coming at Tractor Supply. Figure out what you're going to put your chickens in. Start learning about chicken fencing. Start learning about what to feed your chickens. That's not going to help you right now. You're not going to have a, free, a fridge full of farm fresh eggs right now. But I personally don't think that this virus is going to get so crazy and so out of hand that you're not going to have the food you need to eat. So 
take this as an opportunity to be more prepared should next year, next year this virus will be back, maybe it will have mutated, maybe it will have changed, maybe it will be worse. There's always a possibility of that. So be more ready next year. Have farm fresh eggs coming out for your homestead every single day so that if you can't go to the store because you're afraid you're going to get this virus, well, at least you can have milk and eggs in your fridge and, you know, keep a better supply. Now, maybe chickens isn't an option for you. Maybe you just don't have any room for chickens. That's okay. There's other things you can do. Um, If livestock is totally not an option, start working on having a deep pantry. I talked about that last week. That's something we've been working on. A deep pantry is basically uh, filling your pantry with the food you already are eating, just having enough of it to last you, try for 30 days. You could start doing that right now. If you're afraid to go to the store, Walmart pickup, you don't have to go inside, or Amazon Prime, you can get a lot of groceries off of Amazon now. Start filling your freezers, filling your shelves with food that you actually eat. Because then when this goes away, you can eat that food and it won't be a waste of money and you feel good about being prepared and you can keep having a deep pantry keep feeling good. One of the things I want to start getting into, and really it's part of preparedness as a result of this big fear with this virus, I've been looking more and more into sprouting, growing your nutrition indoors through sprouts. You can keep these sprout seeds in bulk and then you start, you sprout a little bit at a time. It's a couple days you wind up having really nutrient dense, good little salad. Imagine if you had farm fresh eggs from a little flock of chickens. You were sprouting microgreens, doing sprouts. So you had a little eggs, a little bit of salad. And then you had a deep pantry. Times like this, when you don't want to go out, at least you have some regular production. You have food you've stored up. And you have some farm fresh eggs from, you know, the nutrients on your property. You have a little microgreens. It's something. It's something to make you feel like you have a little bit of control in a situation where you don't have much control. That's what homesteading can do. And you're gonna be watching videos on sprouting, watching videos on deep pantries, watching videos on raising chickens. That's less time you're gonna be listening to people scare you about this virus. And that's not a bad thing. The video I made, most of the people last week's Coffee Talk enjoyed it, but a couple people felt like it was irresponsible for me to tell people not to panic. I really, really disagree. Panicking will not save you from this virus. Running around, you know, worried, going to grab all the toilet paper off the shelves at Walmart, (laughs) it's not going to keep you from getting this virus. Being overly concerned, overly scared is not going to protect you or change whether or not you get this virus. Being prepared, like I encouraged last week, taking good steps, good preparation. There is a difference between being prepared and being scared. One of our friends watched my coffee talk last week and uh, she knew that we were working on her deep pantry. And she said, oh, you're all saying don't be scared, but now there you are, you're filling up your, your pantry. But there's a difference between being scared and being prepared. And I think when you are prepared, you are less scared. I still don't worry about my wife and my kids getting this virus and it being a really big problem to any of them. 
I have legitimate concerns for a few of my family members who are in that danger zone. And I'm trying to encourage them because I can actually make a difference there. Hey, why don't you stay home a little bit more? Why don't you, you know, get Walmart pickup? But, you know, other than, other than that, what more can I do by being scared and worried all day, and being panicked about this? And to come on here and to encourage you to not be panicked, you shouldn't be panicked. You don't make good decisions when you're panicked. You don't make good decisions when you're worried. Usually you look back on decisions you made when you were really, really scared or panicked or worried and you think, oh, those were bad decisions. We always make better decisions when we're calm. What can help us be calm? Not listening to the news all day because it's not going to protect you from anything. Not focusing in every conversation we have with everybody being constantly about this weird virus. Sure, it's going to come up. Start changing that conversation to preparation. Oh man, this virus, it's crazy, man. Oh man, people are getting it all. Have you seen what's happening in Italy? Yeah, I'm not planning on going to Italy. I am planning on setting up a deep pantry. I'm planning on getting a 30 days worth of supplies. Because if I just stay home for 30 days, chances are I will be able to avoid this completely. And me and my family can enjoy being home. We'll take a staycation. We'll eat from our deep pantry. And uh, we'll, you know, work on our homestead. Try to get some infrastructure projects taken care of so we're ready to bring chickens on in the spring. How much better are you going to feel after that conversation than talking about what's happening in Italy right now or talking about what's ha what happened in China or what's happening in Seattle? Let's try this week. Be less scared. Focus on being more prepared. And uh, yeah, let me know in the comments below. What are you doing to be less scared and be more prepared? Because this is coffee talk. I'm talking. You're hearing my opinion. This is all my opinion. It could be totally wrong. Next Saturday, I might. the whole world might not be able to watch YouTube because... We all died of the virus. Obviously kidding. Um, but I would do want to know what you think in the comments below. And as I always say it, you can disagree with me. That's fine. As long as you're respectable, keep it civil in the comments. I don't mind if you disagree with me. Uh, but that's my thought this week. Just focus on being more prepared and less scared. Today's video is brought to you by Woodland Livestock Farm. And they wanted me to say their name in French. I don't speak French, but I'm going to attempt it because, hey, you sponsored this video. So, Ferme, Bataille de Bois. Hmm? How's my French accent? <laughs> they write about themselves. I'm from the province of Quebec in Canada. They were raised in the suburbs of Montreal. I was an aircraft maintenance engineer until I quit last year, the day before getting the key to my homestead. So that's really exciting. Woodland Livestock Farm started with my favorite, three feeder pigs. Way to start with feeder pigs. I always suggest you start with feeder pigs. Three hens and a rooster. So there you go. Very nice, small, reasonable little farm to start with. Keep you focused on growing your own food and making your family more homesteady. Because they were used to 12-hour work days as an aircraft maintenance engineer, this amount of pigs and chickens wasn't enough. So more pigs came on. So they built the farm business, added up to 25 pigs, got licensed to sell meat. That is like such such an incredible start and so quick. So good on you guys. Now you'll find at Woodland Livestock Farm, a pregnant gilt, a boar, 14 finishing pigs. There's 13 ducks for eggs, 
Y'all know I can't have my duck eggs, but I hope you're enjoying them. And nine breeding geese for meat. We just talked about geese not too long ago with uh, uh, Goldshaw Farm, Morgan from Goldshaw. If you're in Quebec or around Quebec and you're looking for some pork, maybe some geese, and you want to find Fermi Bétaille de Bois, <laughs> uh, we're going to have a link to their Facebook page. Go ahead and check out the Facebook page. There you're going to see a picture of a couple beautiful pigs in the snow. Say hello from Homesteady fans. Thank them for this episode of Homesteady. And all of us, as we enjoy our weekends, uh, make it a goal to just focus on being more prepared and less scared about you know the crazy stuff going on. Start, start focusing. Spring is coming. And with that, there will be less sickness as things get warmer and there will be more opportunity to grow food on your homestead, grow food for your family, harvest energy from your homestead. Just enjoy feeling secure there on your little piece of acreage or if it's even an apartment, do some sprouting in the windowsill and you know learn about where you could do some more things. Focus on some exciting, bright stuff coming ahead because that is what's coming this year. And uh, while, while we can make good decisions to keep our families safe, uh, admittedly there are legitimate concerns out there that we need to protect ourselves from. Let's stay out of the panic zone and, uh, and focus on the good things that we can actually do and uh, to help ourselves and our family. Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over 100,000 boat listings to choose from. Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. I think it's time for a coffee break. Be natural. So, chloroquine. Huh? You heard about it? If this is the first homesteady coffee break that you're catching, this is just me sitting down, having a conversation about current events and how they apply to homesteading and our little farm here in Western Pennsylvania. It's a bit of an opinion piece. I don't do a whole lot of research. I'm not answering anybody's questions like you do with Ask Homesteady. This is just like you and me sitting down to have a chat at the coffee house, which I used to do when I used to go out and get coffee, but with social distancing now, we don't leave the house which is funny, we actually, our life hasn't really changed that much with all the emphasis that's going on with social distancing right now. We homeschool, so our kids are still at home every day with us on the farm. We grow a lot of our food, not by any means all of our food, but we grow a lot of our food here on the homestead. So a lot of the food we're putting up is coming right from the back here. We still have to go out and get feed and we still have to go out and get some supplies. But we talked, me and Kay, a lot this week about how our life doesn't feel much different. A lot of people's lives right now with this coronavirus going around, uh, they're at home, maybe they're trying to work from home, their kids are at home, and it's very, very different. But our life is about 95% exactly the same. We have always, we've always felt the importance of being prepared as a family, financial preparedness, but then also food preparedness, 
one of the big reasons why we started homesteading in the first place was to make sure that when things got bad, the world got crazy, that we would at least have some security, some steadiness here at our home, whether that was back in Connecticut or now here in Western Pennsylvania. And so times like these, uh, I've been getting the comment from time to time on the channel, of course you're not panicked, of course you're not worried, you're homesteading, uh, what do you have to worry about? Uh, we do have worries still here on the homestead, we still have family members who we're worried about and, and people who are getting sick and dying, that worries us too, even if it's not someone we know. Uh, but our life is a life that is centered around uh, making sure our home is the source of a lot of the things we need so we don't have to worry or panic when things get kind of crazy like they do from time to time. I think people like to be scared. This is something I've noticed with my kids. We had an issue last year. There was wasps that were getting into our Playroom. Sounds horrifying, right? You're playing with your toys and all of a sudden there's a wasp. They were not like yellow jackets. They were some kind of mud wasp or something. And from time to time, one would show up in the playroom and the kids would come running upstairs screaming, there's a wasp, there's a wasp. And they do this little like, there's a wasp parade. And they were all scared, but like excited to be scared. And then they'd run back downstairs and they'd look and they'd see it and they'd come running back up, there's a wasp. And uh, yeah, we had to take care of that wasp issue. <laughs> you don't want wasps in your playroom. But the kids were enjoying it. They enjoyed the fear. And I think you see that play out as kids get older. They go to amusement parks and they ride on roller coasters. And people, people pay money to go to, you know, like haunted houses to be scared. People get excitement out of feeling scared. And I don't think that goes away as an adult. I still like riding on roller coasters. You know, um, watching a thriller movie or, you know, something that makes you feel alive. It can be fun to feel scared at times. But I do think when it comes to things like this, there's a weird, like, fascination with what's going on. And I don't think at first people are scared and I don't think it's a bad thing. They're worried about this. Uh, but then what do you do? We've been talking the last few weeks about this at uh, the coffee break. What do you do with that fear? And something interesting is about to happen because it seems like they have found a really good solution to this current viral issue, the coronavirus. Uh, chloroquine, it's a drug that's already in existence. It's a drug that's been used to treat malaria. It's an old drug. I don't know much about it. I was reading up on it this week and learning about it. In tests in multiple countries, these are preliminary tests, obviously. It's just, you know, they're just learning about how they can use this. But it seems that this is very effective in treating the cases of the coronavirus, the issues that are associated with it, Unless you're very advanced stage and like already on a respirator, if you haven't gotten to that point yet, it seems like this could really help a lot of people. In a lot of what they have seen already, the tests, people went from having this virus to better and not being contagious a lot quicker. So it's really good news. This is some really good news to hear after a couple weeks of just kind of doom and gloom. 
to have something that seems like a really good answer, a good solution. I'm interested to see what happens with people's fear and, and scaredness. There's like this hustle and bustle around the news and learning what's happening and, and then trying to make sure that your family is prepared for it. I see a lot of people stockpiling more food and more supplies. We've always been interested in being prepared and having a good supply of our own food and our own necessities at the homestead. And I've been encouraging it the last week or two with different projects on the homestead. If you're afraid, if you're scared, turn that into drive to get yourself more prepared. And for example, this week we talked about starting sprouting. And I, I found it very interesting. There were some negative comments on my video about sprouting. Now I know you're shocked to learn there was negative comments on a YouTube video. Uh, but some people thought it was bad advice for me to tell people, hey, are you worried? Are you anxious? Try something like sprouting. It can help you be more prepared. And, uh, you know, it's something to take your mind off of the fear and the panic of what's going on. Uh, sprout seeds, when you keep them in their little mylar bags that they come in, they can last a long time. You can put a lot of them up. And that's nutrients in those sprouts that you don't get when you store rice and beans. So they're actually a really good option for long-term food storage, nutrient-dense food. Your family's not gonna survive off of sprouts alone, but it's something to get you started down the path of preparedness. And I think this is a good time if you felt exposed or afraid from what happened with the coronavirus, it's a good time to take a good hard look at your family and say, how are we caught unprepared? Financially, are we prepared for what's about to happen? I have a feeling in my gut that there's going to be a lot of financial setback for a while with this. A lot of people with small businesses have been severely affected by this. Financially, are you able to ride out the next couple months, next quarter? Food-wise, did you have enough food put up and, and necessities, or did you have to run out to the store a lot? We are by no means perfect when it comes to preparedness. I've been wanting to get a deep pantry started for a long time. This finally was the impetus for us to get our deep pantry started. And we, as I've mentioned the last couple of weeks, we've been working on that. We're at the point now where we have a good solid month of food stored. We have a lot of food being produced in our homestead, which is always a good thing. But it's hard to produce things like rice and beans on your homestead. So you do need to have some staples put up. And then I also talked in our sprouting video about how we're really bad about growing plants. And this was a good chance for us to find some ways to improve our, our plant growing on the homestead year round, even when it's not good for us to be out in the raised beds working. We took the fear associated with what was going on, that scared feeling, and we tried to push us to become more prepared. And I've been encouraging that over the last few weeks. Take your fear and channel it into more preparedness. Now, if this chloroquine drug, I hope I'm saying that right again. I'm not a doctor. This is just me. I've been reading stuff online and learning about it, looking at the studies. Uh, but if this does really kind of squash this problem, it's not going to be an immediate cure. There's still going to be people who die from this. That We're not out of the woods yet. But if it does turn out to be really helpful, as helpful as it seems, we could see the fear from this virus kind of just whoosh, drop off really, really quickly. And that's good. It's good to take away a lot of the fear. But I encourage everybody, as the fear goes away, 
Don't be scared, but continue to be prepared. Continue to work on growing your family's preparedness, whether that's financially, whether that's through homesteading, whether that's through some basic prepping. I'm planning a really exciting event. I want to, during our Camel Train 100-day pro, um, program we're doing, I want to take a Friday or a Saturday night, and I want to do an event I'm calling Don't Be Scared, Be Prepared. By the time it goes live, which may be next weekend or maybe the following, uh, the big fear around this virus might be shrinking, which would be great. I really hope that's the case. But it's still a good time to think about being more prepared and less scared because this virus, it is a virus. It's not the first coronavirus. It's one of many coronaviruses. In the fall, it could come back and be different and be worse, or there could be a new thing. And if you try to focus on being more prepared, you'll be ready, you'll be in a better place if something new, when something new comes around. Whether it's a personal issue for you, for your local community, or if it's something worldwide like this virus that's affecting everybody across the globe. So I wanna do this event, Don't Be Scared, Be Prepared. And what I wanna do is I wanna do about a two hour kind of variety show going to have music, we're going to have interviews, guests. I want to bring on a lot of different people from YouTube world, maybe podcast world. I already have some uh, people that are on board for coming on the show, people that are always involved in different homesteading endeavors. You've seen them before. We're going to be talking about basic preparedness, not so much on the prepper side of things where you're you no know, stacking beans and rice, but really on the homestead side of things where you're growing things that are going in your freezer, going in your fridge, going on the shelf. So when times like this come up, you are in a better place. You don't have to be quite as worried. So I'm talking hydroponics or uh, growing and sprouting and microgreens, small livestock endeavors so that you have meat in the freezer, a perennial based permaculture food systems and food forests, things like that. I'd like to have a, about a two-hour variety show, a little bit of music, a lot of different pieces to this live show, and it's going to be live here on YouTube for all you to watch. It's going to be a free event. Invite your friends and family to come watch. Just a nice, fun night where we can, we're socially distancing physically, but the beauty of YouTube is we can all get together on a live stream, talk in the comments, enjoy different interviews. So here's what I'd like. Uh, I'd like you to tell me in the comments below, who would you like to see on this two-hour variety show? Probably be about a 20-minute interview per guest about whatever they're sharing. Some form of homesteading endeavor that is accessible to most of us, that will help most of us channel our fear into something productive and make us feel more ready when times, when things get bad. So I want to know, who would you like to have on the show? Comment below and I can reach out to them and say, hey, we're doing this show. And then Friday or Saturday night, what's better for you? I'm going to probably, I've been thinking about doing a Saturday night live show. But, um, you know, if more people say Friday, then we can make it a Friday thing. So that's my idea. Don't be scared. Be prepared. Be a fun event just to, to get together and talk about preparedness, have some familiar faces on, and focus, you know, that fear and that, that scaredness. Hopefully things are getting better. Hopefully the news gets better about this virus and how they're going to treat it and how they're going to take care of this problem. 
but we're never ever going to be able to stop worrying about the way things are currently going though there'll be something new that comes up and as long as that that exists different viruses different problems it'd be good for all of us the next time something happens to be more prepared than we were this time and that applies to everybody I felt very prepared in some ways. When I heard there was no meat and milk at the local supermarket, I didn't worry about that for us. We have milk, we have meat. But I had zero plants growing. I had no lettuce. That's why I started sprouting, because it was a quick way to get some good green nutrients. That's important to have. So we had holes in our preparedness. No doubt you've identified some of the holes in your preparedness. Let's do better for the next time. As people get less worried with the if this is actually a cure for this issue, if it takes away a lot of the fear, that's good. Get rid of the fear, but still focus on being more prepared the next time something comes around. I'm all out of coffee. I'm not even drinking coffee. I've been mentioning I'm drinking golden milk right now. With our special diet, we're off coffee for a while, so... Golden milk's pretty good. Still a coffee break, though, no matter what you drink. At work, we always called it a coffee break. And I didn't drink coffee till I was like 32 years old. And then for about one year, I got really into coffee, and now I'm off of it. <laughs> Today's coffee break was brought to you by Mark. Mark Alexander is today's Camel Train shout-out. We are on a 100-day journey of growing better food for ourselves, for our family, and sharing that with you to inspire you to do the same. And we're really focused on clean food, food that is allergen-free, growing animals that are eating good, clean food, because if you are what you eat and they are what they eat, then really you are what they're eating. (laughs) So whatever your animals are eating, that's part of it. Today's Camel Train sponsor, Mark Alexander, has been a big help for us. Over the last few weeks, as soon as he heard about the issues we were going through, uh, he's been reaching out and giving me advice. He is on a journey as well, growing clean meat, meat that does not have soy in the feed and, and a lot of other things. And not only is he doing it for his family, but he is selling this meat product. So if you're interested in good, clean meat, He is in Tennessee. Mark's farm, the tagline is growing healthy food to grow healthy people. How perfect is that for like the Homesteady Camel Train to be one of our sponsors? His farm is called School Bell Farm. You can find him at www.schoolbell.farm. We'll have a link in the description below so you can go and check what Mark is up to on School Bell Farm. He's doing pigs, clean meat. Uh, a whole bunch of other stuff, and he has been giving me lots of advice over the last few weeks on just all kinds of things, how to do the different livestock without without soy-based feeds. Uh, he gave me a tip on the uh, water tanks I'm using that I'm going to be using. Uh, Mark has been a big support. I want to just take a moment to really personally say thanks, Mark. He's been uh, the kind of fan that you love to have when you produce a show like this, some people give constructive criticism say like, hey, why don't you try this? This will work better. Or I found this. And that's, I love having people like that watch because I don't have all the answers. I don't have all the best ideas. And I have got some awesome ideas from our audience. And Mark is one of those people that's already given me ideas that I'm putting in place. So Mark, thanks for the support. Thanks for joining the Camel Train, Mark. Uh, send me a picture of you wearing your Camel Train t-shirt. 
which, like I said, any day now we're going to see an example of it. Uh, mine is being shipped soon. The very first one is done being made, and hopefully we'll get to see uh, actually what it looks like soon. So Mark, take a picture on the farm, and we'll share it. Uh, Mark's going to get his T-shirt. He's got a Lifetime Pioneer membership. And I want to see what Mark does this year. He is selling his meat from School Bell Farm. So if you're in the Tennessee area, he's in Middle Tennessee. So if you're around Middle Tennessee or you're willing to drive there to get some good, clean meat, check out School Bell Farm. Say hi to Mark. Thank him for the episode. And talk to him about getting some good, clean meat because he's growing healthy food to grow healthy people. And that's what this camel train is all about. Thanks for watching Homesteady Coffee Break. And if you're listening on the podcast, I'm going to start sharing this on the podcast too. So enjoy that. And we'll see you in tomorrow's video, which will be a really good Ask Home study about should you start your homestead with land and an RV debt free, or should you get a loan so you can have a house on some land? Might be interested, might be surprised by what my response to this one was. So stay tuned for that. And I think we're going to share that on the podcast as well. So stay tuned. A lot of good stuff coming during this camel train.